If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to an episode of Sif Pop Spoilers for Captain America Civil, Civil War. War. Time for the Sif Pop Spoiler theme song. Are they Avengers? Yeah. No. I mean, yes. Are they good at what they do? Yes. No. I mean, yes. Spoilers. <laughs> that's our best. That's our best no, theme song yet. That was really good. I have no idea what just happened <laughs> at all. And that would be John Paula, our guest guru today. Uh, we hello, di- hello. It's the uh, it's the Sif- John. It's the Sif Pop spoiler theme song. It's different every single episode because how, how never, did I not recognize it? You That's never right. want to give it away. Yeah, we, it changes every time so that it's never the same. Yeah, so people don't know what's you don't coming. Want to, well, you don't want to spoil it. That's exactly. right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Now we're all on the same page. So all t- right. So we're ta- we're talking spoilers. We can finally let the bag out of the cat and talk Spider Man. Yeah. Yes. We chose not to talk about Spider-Man in the show proper because he Just wasn't on the poster. And it was sort of decided what constitutes spoiling. And that's sort of where we landed is that Spidey is not on the poster. So we didn't talk about it in the show. Let's just jump into Spidey real quick then. Sure, might as well. There's no no reason to wait. Uh, I love. I loved him. Loved Spider Man. Yeah. I loved him too. He was too. super duper. What did you it think? It felt so right. It felt so normal. It was just like. Yeah. It, it was just good. It was like this is where he belongs in Marvel. The scene where he's introduced, uh, where we're introduced to Spider Man, where uh, Tony Stark ends up going over to his apartment to kind of say, "Hey, I've seen you in these videos. This is you, right?" And kind of like outs him. He finds a secret yeah. hidey hole and talks about his stuff. That whole scene, I thought they did such a good job. And this actor, this, I don't even Tom know. Tom Holland. Tom Holland. I don't know. Has he been in anything before? I don't recognize him. The Impossible. The that Impossible. tsunami movie from a yeah. few years ago with uh, oh. Naomi Watts, I think. Naomi okay. Watts has it. And, and uh, uh, what's his name? Obi-Wan. It, yeah, Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor. Yeah. Ewan McGregor. Didn't he do so good? I loved the two of them in that scene together. Oh, he's great. That was such a great scene because there's such a casualness and such a youth to him. The only issue I had was after seeing him in that scene, I didn't want him to put the suit on. Like he was just such a, he's so great with his face. And I I mean, I thought he was fine in the suit and he certainly was funny and he was Spider-Man in the fighting scenes. 
But I was like, I enjoyed him with the, the suit off so much. I was kind of like, man, I, I really want to see his movie because I yeah. really want to see you, him. Uh, did y'all wait until after the credits for his bonus scene? Yeah, we did. So that was kind of fun. The end credit scene, there's actually two there's, end credit scenes. Two of them. Um, yep. But the one with uh, Spider-Man, do you want to describe that? It is uh, at the very end of all of the credits. I don't know that everyone's going to stay to the very end of those. Some people in my theater left, and I was like, you know this is Marvel, right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so it was him back at home having to explain away the bruises he got in the airport fight to uh, Marissa Tomei, who I think is great. As Aunt a great May? casting choice for Aunt May. Yeah. Uh, they, I mean, it's sort of the Benjamin Button with Aunt May. She keeps getting younger and younger with each <laughs> reboot. Yeah. But um, I'm okay with that. Uh, Marissa Tomei is, I think, a, a great actress for it. And, and that was a fun scene, just sort of him trying to explain away that um, uh, where he got the bruises. And she says, "Was you know, the kid who beat you up, was he bigger than you? And he said, oh, yeah, much, much bigger. And it was, you know, sort of a great wink and a nod about Ant-Man's giant mm-hmm. version which is something else we didn't mention in the in the in the, mm-hmm. the podcast is uh, in the regular show that Ant Man went big, which we didn't see in his movie. No, so that was that was a new ability for him, and I wondered that. I was like, well, if he can blow stuff up, can he make himself bigger? And how come we haven't seen Giant Man? And we did, and it was great. <laughs> it was so <laughs> it was great. So good. I got the biggest laugh for me in the entire movie when Tony Stark is Iron Man, and they're in that big fight, and he says, uh, "Anybody on our side want to unveil any amazing new abilities?" <laughs> <laughs> Now is yeah. the time. I'm all ears. You know, it was funny too because when he did, when Ant Man uh, went big, he was like, "I've only, I've been practicing okay once in a lab, and I passed out afterwards." You know, so just that that right. kind of humor. The interesting thing about the um, the end credit scene with Spider Man is that it goes to a black screen and it says, "Spidey will return" or mm-hmm. "Spider Man will return." Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it was a very yeah. clear like he will be back in another movie. Yeah, I you know, and right. I don't know all the ins and the outs of the deal that they that Sony, right? Didn't Sony have the Spider-Man movies? Um, Sony owned the property for the last uh, couple decades. Because Marvel doesn't own it completely, they worked out a deal no. with Sony, right? Yes. So it's and I, and I believe the stipulation is most likely that Marvel gets them for fun stuff like this, which helps them market, helps them make the character not be crap. Because uh, let's face it, they they the fact that they had three reboots in eight years is a testament to. Sony's failure to maintain the property correctly. Right. Um, so now that it's in Marvel hands, I have much, much greater confidence they're not going to muck it up. Right. Uh, that being said, I believe that with the solo films, uh, the upcoming Spider-Man Homecoming, uh, which again is sort of a wink and a nod with that title, like he's finally coming home to Marvel, mm-hmm. I think Sony retains like 50% ownership and I'm, and I'm guessing a good chunk of the revenue as well. And I think that was something that Marvel was willing to forego because the property meant so much to them, perhaps more so than money. And at this point, Walt Disney is basically just printing cash. Oh, it's so they're willing they're willing to say like, all right, we're willing to go halvesies on this right. property. Um even you though, you know, we're not necessarily gonna make a big profit from Spider Man Homecoming, but we know in terms of our brand it's gonna be more important to have that character under our umbrella. And we need we like I think it was sort of like um like a you know a, a parent seeing their child with like an abusive stepfather. It's like we yeah. don't need to get him back home. Like we can't have you 
being yeah. raised in this other house. This is obnoxious. You know, and what so, Spider-Man for did them. for this movie was really interesting because it kind of infused that childlike excitement with these characters. Mm-hmm. As an audience, we've been living with these characters for a little while now, and the excitement maybe has rubbed off just a little bit. And But Spider-Man's perspective, and maybe even Ant-Man, as he's meeting yeah. these people um, and others, you know, are just like, oh, it's you, you know, but, mm-hmm. but when Spider-Man is fighting in that main a- airport hangar fight sequence, he is, and there's all this back and forth talk between the characters. It was actually brought up in the chat during our show proper that some people were really distracted by the back and forth banter during the fighting. But I that's actually such a Spider-Man it. thing. That's always been one of his things, though. But it wasn't just Spider-Man. Oh, it's yeah. all the characters are kind of talking because they're really not trying to kill each other. They're just trying to stop each other from <laughs> doing what they right. don't want them to do. What so I, there's this what like I think banter. Is, it, what I think is interesting and sort of a, a hand wave plot device is that in all of the Marvel movies, every character is able to simultaneously hear and communicate with every other character. Yes. Regardless <laughs> of the fact, like, how, yeah. how do they all have super hearing? And, yes. and I don't know what it is, but they all just effortlessly, effortlessly have, like, room-level conversations in the yeah. middle of these gigantic, explosive, point. loud battles. Yes. And it's like... Do they all have earpieces? Yes. Even with the other team, <laughs> they have are to. They, how are these? How are these channels? Are they all on the same walkie-talkie frequency? I don't it, understand it. Was fascinating. it. And you don't. You don't really notice it, but like in every movie, they just talk and they all hear each other. But yeah. none of you them are what, wearing though? headsets. None of them have earpieces. They just all know. Well, that's interesting because at the very beginning, I think if I'm remembering correctly, this movie starts out with kind of a, a an operative between Captain America, the Scarlet Witch, um, Black Widow, and oh, what's his name? Falcon? Falcon. Is it Falcon? Yeah. And yeah. they're all on this mission um, to kind of stop this bad guy, which is actually the guy who was in the last Captain America movie one of the main bad guys in the last Captain America movie who I think was in the end credits. He kind of like gets up and moves or something. There's like an, uh, there's some sort of a, I don't remember. Um, there was, some... I don't remember him either. Honestly, oh, he okay. was, he, uh, it was Frank Grillo and he played Brock Rumlow. Yeah. He I'm looking was it up now, but I don't really remember. Him. Okay. So in the last movie, um, so they, they, they crash all those warships and they, right. the, one of the big warships hits the side of the building and the building starts to crumble. And he yeah. was in that building. Um, and I believe it was maybe Falcon had to jump out of the window to be caught by the people in the helicopter, the Avengers in the helicopter. And that guy had to stay behind. And that's why he said, right. you, you dropped a building on my face. Um, right. He was part of that. And there was some kind of an end credit scene where he gets up and moves somehow. And I was like, why is this guy important? Well, he's the first bad guy Interesting. in Civil War. I just did a search for Brock Rumlow because yeah. you said that's the character's name. Uh, he was an agent of the Red Skull yes. known as Crossbones. So it's, it's actually a Marvel villain, supervillain. So, well, they all, every every character exists in the comic book. It's the incredible, isn't it? They, the only person I think they created from scratch was uh, Clark Gregg's um, Agent Coulson. Yeah. It's like the only character that's unique to the, the film universe. Everybody else they've pulled from the pages. But from the very start of this Almost mo- everybody. Uh, the very start of this movie, they're all talking to each other in each other's ears. Yeah. Um, we're kind of focused on the Scarlet Witch, who is just kind of learning how to be like a cooperative, which we left the last Avengers movie with her being integrated into the team, choosing to be a part of the team and kind of like use her powers right. for good. 
now we get to see them like on the grounds and you can tell they've all been sort of working together for a while trying to like kind of make it work so this is and they did the same thing with their ears where they're kind of like touching their ears where you're assuming that they have an earpiece but you're absolutely right john even in those huge fights it is as though they're able to do so much at the same time it's a great place. maybe because they've been training i don't know that's a great place to to jump off as we kind of go through this plot because what it sets up is a world where yeah they're trying to save people but people are also dying and there's a moment at the end of the opening scene where scarlet witch tries to encase this bomb but she doesn't get it out of the way enough and it levels a floor of this building and you know a dozen people, people end up dying yeah. or whatever and so it kind of sets off this thing where the world the united nations all these countries want to come together and sign uh, an act or an accord uh, the Sokovia Accord, I think is what they call it, mm-hmm. because Sokovia happened at the end of The Last Avengers. That's the big, huge uh, city that, city that they, fell out of the yeah, sky. Yeah, fell out of the sky. Which wasn't their fault, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and to have some checks and balances for the superhero. And so that's the division of the philosophy is, you know, where where are the checks and balances for people who have that much power? The division of the superhero clan really comes into play when Tony Stark and others see the value of signing over their rights to basically work for the United Nations and be underneath their jurisdiction. Mm-hmm. But, but but Captain America and Falcon, uh, so I think it's Tony and uh, Black Widow kind of go with the accord signing. And then, you know, Captain America and Falcon um, are they? Don't, they don't want to sign because it's like we want the right to choose what we want to fight for. We don't want to be given restrictions. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where this whole thing sets off, and the movie really begins to take on a different form when they go to the UN signing for the accord, and it's bombed. And in that bombing, the king of one of the countries is killed. His son ends up taking over, and they and publicly, um, it's released that the person that bombed was the Winter Soldier. Bucky. Bucky. Captain America's good friend, so Bucky. So it kind of becomes a manhunt for Bucky. And because Captain America doesn't work for the UN, he's in this time race to go get Bucky before he's killed. And that's sort of where this movie begins to take the rest of its curve into the rest of the so movie. let's talk spoilers then on Black Panther, since that's the other big character that's introduced. And that's about when that character is introduced, because... He is the son of the king, so now he's the king mm-hmm. of this country and also apparently a superhero. And I'm sure we'll get more origin stuff in his movie and that kind of stuff. But in this, he's already seeming to be a fully formed superhero, right? Like, I mean, he's well, he obviously got he's got the costume already, right? <laughs> With the cool retractable claws. I just don't know much about Black, uh, Black Panther. Do you, John? I don't know nothing about him, but I, I really liked his introduction here. I think he was exciting and interesting and... His costume was... Uh, it was cool, wasn't I, it? I, I, it was a really cool costume, yeah. And I, I want to see... And the way he just, like, took apart uh, Captain's shield and just, like, you know, scratched right through it was like, oh, this guy, you know, he can be messed with. Or his, shouldn't be messed with. His costume yeah. is super great. Yeah. Like, I it, liked it a lot. It is super great. And the action sequence, there's a moment when um, Captain America has got to Bucky. He's trying to kind of get him to safety. He's working alongside with Falcon. Um, the government and the UN are all after Bucky. So you've got these, you know, governments and Black Panther is after Bucky. And this is huge highway chasing. This is so it's technically the second action sequence because the movie started off with an action sequence. But this is really kind of right. when we're hitting that next level of action. What do you about, guys think of that? How about Bucky knocking the guy off the motorcycle oh. and in midair grabbing the motorcycle, turning it 180 and driving it off? What did you think of that? <laughs> that was unbelievable. Flawless. It was, it was so great. good. Oh, my, 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 my particular crowd loved that. It was a huge applause there. 
Ours too. Yeah. Yeah. It it was great. And for them to have such a fast paced action sequence and still be able to stop down so that we can like connect into it. Mm -hmm. That was, it was really fun. I think, I think Marvel has been really fantastic more so than other action franchises and other action films at creating those little beats inside a sequence where it's frenzied and the action's fast. You don't really know what's going on. The choreography is sometimes a mess, but they make sure that like once a minute, to sort of, uh, I don't know what, what they think, maybe slow down and really have like a concrete beat where you can be like, oh, wow, I saw that, I understood what that was, and it was great. Another example in the, in the stairwell sequence where Bucky and Cap are trying to fight their way out, um, the Winter Soldier, he grabs a railing and like peels it off the staircase and uses it to basically repel mm-hmm. yeah. down like two flights of stairs. Like that was like such a cool visual that he just grabbed this metal railing and peeled it back like a banana and used it to swing down to another level. It was like little shots like that and, and, and gimmicks and visuals that you don't uh, you don't usually see. And, and when they do show it, they make sure that when it happens, you see it, you understand it, and you're watching. Because you have uh, these... It doesn't, it doesn't happen too quickly, and it's tough right. to do that sometimes. It is tough, but it's also interesting because you've got these superheroes we can't really relate to. We don't have a metal arm. We don't have cool costumes. Yeah. But then you throw in somebody like Black Widow, and suddenly it's like, she's just a human that's a really good assassin. And you're watching her fight sequence and going, I could do that. I mean, maybe. <laughs> well, the one, the part right. you liked, I don't even think you got to say it no. in the show proper because she, we got talking about I didn't want to Scarlett spoil it. Johansson. I, when she uh, jumps onto Winter, Winter Soldier and is gripping his head between her legs and using her elbows to bash him on the top of the head, I was like, She does it like four times in a row. Just like, awesome. boom, boom, yeah. boom, boom. It was just, it's, it's, it's like she's just as powerful in her way as a human as some of these other characters who are super, you know, Tony is another one. Like he has to kind of, when he's out of his suit, he's got to be careful. But when he's in his suit, he has powers. I think, I think they did a really good job um, of, of portraying his vulnerability yeah. when he's outside the Iron Man suit. I agree. And he, he, he mentioned, well, I think there was a quick line of dialogue, right? When, when uh, Scarlett Johansson says, I, I need to make sure to say Johansson and not Scarlett Witch, right? Right. Uh, <laughs> when, she, when, she, when she says to, to Iron Man something like, don't you have your suit? And he's like, you mean my, you know, uh, three-piece three button? button yeah. Vest, <laughs> yeah, three three-piece, you know, pleated vest and shirt? No, I don't have it. Um, I thought that was a really great little joke. Because in this movie, Tony is kind of taken on the role of being the protector by democracy in a way. Mm. He's really yeah. trying to keep the protect the the Avengers and those who are there protected by signing this agenda and by signing this accord. Um, so his role in a suit has changed. The Pepper Potts and him have split up because of his involvement with being Iron Man. And at the end of this movie, he becomes Iron Man and a human again. And we'll get to kind of that and the spoiler, major spoilers here in just a second. That actually kind of ties into what Aaron and I did not want to get into as our least favorite plot. We'll get there because I think I think we need to set up the bad guy in this a little bit Let's and spoil the bad guy. So the bad guy, uh, the first glimpse we get of, of him is, well, we find out it wasn't Bucky that bombed it. It was him to draw Bucky out. So he knew the they would get Bucky, and that would be a way for him to do this secret Hydra, you know, word list that gets spoken to him, so that yeah. he will do whatever you ask him to do. Let's let's talk about that for just a split second too. And they they do a good job of setting up in this movie that Bucky is programmable. He has mm-hmm. a sequence of words for to turn him into the super soldier, and our bad guy is what we assume is looking for the way to to program him so that mm-hmm. he can do whatever he's going to do we don't know at the beginning we have no idea right. kind of what it is 
Um, but there's a couple of things that are kind of being hit on. And one of them is he's specifically interested in this one day of the year. Um, and we don't understand what that is. Until the end. But yeah. they did a great job of alluding to it several times at the beginning of this movie. Yeah. So um, where should we is kind that of the twist that you had an issue with, Aaron? Uh, kind, kind of, kind of. You um, said there was a big convenience at the end. Of the yeah, 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 yeah. We'll get there. I think so. The bad guy, he's setting all this up. He goes in as under, you know, he kills the person that's good, supposed to question Bucky or psychologically evaluate him. I guess. <laughs> can we talk and, about the death scene there for a second? Sure. Uh, this was a big annoyance for me. How can you drown in a sink that is so <laughs> short? Did you see that jump? Did you notice that? I don't know that I did. Okay, so okay. he's hanging. I had the exact same okay, thing. Okay. We talked about this last night, actually. It I looked had the, like his mouth was. It looked like his mouth was above, above the water. lip. Of the yes, it was and above so the was lip his of his nose. <laughs> well, his nose might have been just under. But here's the point: he that you man is drown. that man is still hanging there, breathing nicely because his body would shut it down and just breathe. Because yeah. he would not drown in that situation. Yeah, that was a that was silliness. Um, they the the bad so guy weird. goes to torture. You know this this old was he a uh, Hydra? Yeah, right? like an old Hydra. Commander One of the last or something, Hydra yeah. commanders who has the key to Bucky's brain. You know, yeah. in, in in a wall somewhere. And so as he's like interrogating him, he's got him hanging upside down with his head in a sink, and the sink water is running. But when the sink gets full, his mouth is still above water. There's no way for <laughs> him just to overflowing. drown. So it was so just like, weird. He turns the water on full force and I think that's supposed to be for us like oh that guy's dead but it no. doesn't matter because mm -hmm. let me tell you how gravity works. All that water just going to go down over the lip of the sink. <laughs> so that was annoying thing for me but essentially moving on this bad guy kind of gets what he needs and now he needs to get Bucky and so what he does is he draws him out by bombing the UN. He, he By framing him. Yeah he frames him. He puts a mask on so that he kind of looks like him and he draws Bucky out so that he can get in you know get to him he also is apparently a mastermind in shutting off power grids because bucky's taken along with captain america and falcon because they've helped you know to yeah. they've helped this they're on the uh, other side of the law so yeah, to speak yeah they're uh they're all like taken into custody um which affords another opportunity for tony stark to try to talk to captain america about switching sides and signing the accord we kind of get another i loved that scene deeper yeah deeper message into just we want to be on the same side. Can we please try to find a way to work together? And, you know, and no. But he's in this high-powered, high-secure facility. Um, well, he just had, like, a huge EMP, like an electromagnetic pulse weapon. Oh, is that what that was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he, he just had it delivered to close to where it was, and okay. it just shut everything down. And then he speaks the words to Bucky to program him. Mm -hmm. And so Bucky, who was like, guys, I didn't do this. I'm your friend turns into a killer. Yeah, and so he's going after him. And what we learn is, what the movie wants us to believe, is that he is going after the other super soldiers who are programmable as well and are still frozen in a mountain somewhere. And so he needs Bucky to, to like kind of go get he them. He needs basically. to know about that 1991 thing to know, you know, about these other super soldiers and go get them, which we find out later is a MacGuffin. The, the other super soldiers actually right. mean nothing. Which I was surprised by that. I didn't yeah, see no, that no, coming. Yeah, no, no, I didn't see that coming either. I thought that was great. Um, an, a nice little twist. And really our bad guy, it just has a personal agenda against the Avengers. And, you know, so he's yeah. just trying to split them apart. Here we get to my main 
plot contrivance issue. This is kind of leading towards the very end of the movie here. Yeah, yeah. We'll go ahead and get there because in the final scene, he draws them to this place where these other super soldiers are. We all think that they're going to be... Come alive. Come alive and that there's going to be a huge fight. And that and, all the Avengers are going to have to unite to kill them because right. of these powerful... Right. That's what I thought was going to happen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that's what you're supposed to think is going to happen. And they get there, and instead what he's done is he has a video ready to play of the fact that, and here's the big, big spoiler, the 1991 event is Bucky being sent to kill Howard Stark and his wife, or Tony Stark's parents. And so they are there watching, Tony Stark, Captain America, and Bucky are all watching this video where Bucky is killing his parents, and it sends you know, it uh, sends Tony, Tony into, into a rage. A, like a rage blindness. Here's, and here's what frustrates me about this, and I think this is what frustrates you too, Aaron. Yeah, go ahead, tell me. The entire point of this bad guy mm-hmm. was to make Iron Man kill Bucky and or possibly to split them up. And yeah, to split them up. Yeah, that was specifically his whole point. Iron Man and Captain America because he knows Captain America loves Bucky and. He, he, he talks was, about he wants division from within. Because he was mad. Right. He, yeah, was, yeah. he was mad at Tony because Tony was a part of killing his family in um, Sokovia. Sokovia. Yeah. So his whole family is killed in Sokovia. His vengeance plot has been to, to divide up the Avengers from the inside out since he couldn't beat him. Well, because as he says, an empire that, that falls because you kill it can re-rise. But an, infi- an but empire that falls from within doesn't. Thing, the entire thing hinges on Iron Man being in that room. Okay. Let's take a pause for a second. Right. Iron Man chose to be there of his own volition in the last second. It yeah. was not like it's not something that saying? could have been known or could have been he created. He could have never or, known that, to- that, I- yeah. that Tony was going to be there. What was his plan B? Like how? Like and another point. Why didn't he just send Iron Man that video at the beginning of the movie? Exactly. Like I, I mean, like you know, what is what is his plot depend on? That he has to wait until this moment. What do you think, John? For those guys to be together, and somehow he knows Iron Man is going to come to help. There's no way for him to have known that. It just it seems so convenient. I I would have to agree. I think I was a little too caught up in everything to notice the contrivance that you're describing, and but having explained it to me again now, I I realize yeah, at this point, at this point (laughs) in the movie. Hawkeye, so they've already had their big everybody versus each other battle at the, you know, Spider-Man shows up and Ant-Man shows up. They've already had their huge Avengers fight with each other. Again, best scene, Ever. hands down, so in good. the movie. And maybe in the entire Marvel Cinematic it, it Universe. It was awesome. It was awesome. Yeah. But at the end of that... Essentially- but, that but that fight was, was, was centrally caused by the Accord. Like, it wasn't mm-hmm. necessarily the bad guys doing it. No, right. no, no, no. He, he, he might have pushed them in that direction, but it seemed like there was a division already in place. And then he gave them a catalyst, the framing of Winter Soldier, to cause them to fight. But yeah, definitely... Captain... Um, I don't know that his plot makes any sense. No, Captain <laughs> America and Bucky... Well, actually, so, so their team... Their goal is to get to the tundra or wherever the bad guy is gone. Mm-hmm. Again, thinking that he's going to wake up these super soldiers right. to stop him from doing that. Right. They're trying to, con- and so they have Hawkeye on their side. Um, they've got the Scarlet Witch on their side. They've got Ant Man, and their goal is to try to get to the jet plane. And Falcon, right? And Falcon, yes. Yeah. To get to the jet plane so that they can get to the bad guy and stop him from waking these super soldiers. Then you have Tony's side with all of those guys um, trying to stop him because, you know, it's against the law. Like, they don't want him to break the law or whatever. So they have this huge fight. And essentially, um, you know, our kind of Captain America team sacrifices staying there and getting arrested so that Bucky and Captain can escape. Okay? What that means is that 
they're all put in jail. So you have Scarlet in jail, you've got Hawkeye in jail, you've got Falcon in jail, and you've got Tony Free. Nobody can go and be in this moment to stop the super soldiers except for Captain America and Bucky. So when they walk into the Siberian place to try to stop the bad guy from whatever plan he's got, it was just supposed to be the two of them. But for some reason... Tony decides to go as as Iron Man. Now, I think Tony's motives are fine, to, character wise, because he's realizing that help. his friend is more his friend's is life is more important than right. his philosophy. So he goes to help Captain. That's right. that's the bottom right. line. But, but there's it, no way our bad guy could have depended on that yeah. in the series of of events that needed to happen right. for that to be the case. Like any bad guy can build a labyrinth, mm-hmm. you know, and try to capture and like build a web. But that way of getting all those three characters in the same room together to fight is just it's just based on ridiculousness. So basically what ends up happening is, of course, there's this epic fight between. And it is epic. Yeah. And it's violent. It's pretty good. It's hard to watch. It's hard to watch, you know, like friends, like really try to hurt each other. Mm -hmm. That was uncomfortable. Yeah. I know you were talking about that after the movie. I didn't feel that quite as much as you did. But I think that is to Marvel's credit. That you care so much about these characters that it's like watching family try to kill each other. You yeah. know, like there's it really is. It's like watching mom and dad fight. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, stop. Exactly. And you're kind of just like, oh, I just can't wait for the scene to get over and them all to be friends again. You know, but it's a long scene of Iron Man just blind, angry mm-hmm. with a Winter Soldier for killing his parents, which totally understand. I totally get it. I would hope but, there would be an ounce but, within him that would go. That's he was not programmed. Bucky. Yes. Like I like. Just, just a little bit you know in there. What? You know what the reality is? is it's his dad's fault. His dad <laughs> is the one that made the juice that made the Winter Soldier, right? So it's like his dad made him in a way. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know how to think about all that. But that there's that scene at the end when Tony is defeated by Captain America and Bucky together, which is a super powerful scene. Like I said, hard to watch. And he takes his mask off and he's kind of just like, sitting there defeated and kind of moving around a little bit that's the cg moment for me that was like oh that was bad so that's one of the main ones for me that was not very mm, good just i didn't I notice that the, proper... the, the, the final the final shot of iron man there yeah with his mask off. yeah yeah no i, I kind of saw that too i was like oh that... I, don't, I don't know what they I, I think they just don't shoot robert in the suit anymore maybe he's getting paid 40 million a picture he probably just phones in it from home yeah <laughs> yeah he's like here's my face good luck with that can i skype you in my performance today the interesting honestly they might they might just do it all on a stage i don't think he does anything on set anymore did you guys why get... would he he's he's yeah he's robert <laughs> did you guys get the impression that the accord had been disbanded or did you get the impression that they all i didn't get that impression i don't think they addressed it at all they didn't so address I'd... it at all <clears throat> okay. i don't know I, I again, I love that this movie ends ambiguously. I think that's mm-hmm. that's to the movie's credit that there isn't this, you know, the, you know, heartfelt reuniting in the movie. I mean, Actually, we are movie, we are yeah. La- yeah, we leave the movie with divorced parents if we're going yeah. with that metaphor, and that's you know that's tough to deal with, but I think so valuable to what they're doing, and I can't wait to see how it plays out in the cinematic universe, you know, overall. And I'm I'm guessing again, I, I try not to pay too much attention to. You know, the release dates and that kind of stuff. But there's one more Avengers movie coming out in the next couple of years, right? And that's the one probably where a lot of this will get... Two. There are two. Oh, that's right. They did. They there's d- two what? They decided to announce two more Avengers movies. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So that's... I have a question for you, John. Yeah? Uh, with your vast knowledge. Okay. Okay. Scarlet Witch versus Vision. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Yeah. How How is all of a sudden she more powerful than Vision? I don't get that. I don't have knowledge on that. Okay. Oh, okay. oh. 
It was I, weird because it was like I... it was like everybody knew it too. Because Hawkeye was like, I can't do it, but, but she, she can. can. And it's like, wait, what? Wait, what? Like, did yeah. we miss something? Is Scarlet Witch more powerful than Vision? Or? And even his um his gem went red. Yeah. Like she controlled his gem or something, or I, I was really confused at, at how she got more I, I powerful. I still, than I still don't know an, enough about okay. uh, his character to understand any. Like he was introduced at the, the the last moment of Avengers two, and then in this movie he's wearing polo shirts and cooking eggs, and I'm like, oh, what? How does he just hang out? Does I thought he was created out of thin air. What's his existence? I want to know more about him, but we never really quite got there. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, okay. So I don't, you... I don't know, and I don't really. I I also don't know anything about Scarlet Witch's abilities. I she can move stuff with her mind. And did you know that... that they're married at some point? What? No. Okay. I in just the mar- to, in like the comic universe, I, I went to Scarlet Witch on Wikipedia. The Scarlet Witch slash Wanda Maximoff is a fictional superhero character appearing in the comic book published by Marvel. Wanda. Da, 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 da. First appearance in number four X Men. Created by blah blah blah, the character has since starred in two self-titled limited series with husband the Vision, and appears as a regular team member in superhero title The Avengers. Wow. Which I kind of picked up on that a little bit, like that they kind of care for each other. They've got him in the room, they're cooking together, they're kind of interacting. And at one point in time, the Vision is trying to kind of relate to her, saying, "I have this power I don't understand," and she's like, "And I have this power I don't quite understand." That's so. really interesting. Again, I love that nuance. I, I love the fact that if you're a dedicated fan of the comics that you can pick up on that kind of stuff, uh, you know, as uh, somebody who's not a comic reader, I just never have been. Um, I love that that I can enjoy it as well, and I don't have to know that stuff to enjoy it. But I, I think that's so cool what they're doing with these characters. It's interesting. I I, and I wonder if that's part of it is that she has some kind of like her powers somehow um you know go into that uh, is the is the uh is the i we don't have to get into the like the marvel comic book thing necessarily but i i wondered if the the um scarlet uh johansson um why can't i think of the characters black widow if the black widow incredible hulk romance mm. thing was in the comics too because i know that that's Maybe. been heavily played in the last movie but anyhow do no we have idea. anything else we wanted to talk about spoil any of the other moments or the the romance between Captain and and what's her name Sharon I think it was it worked but it, I like had no screen time to develop yeah it was just like oh here's a cute blonde that you used to know from another movie and you're kissing okay that was fast yeah I'm, I have I much more love... I have much more appreciation in heart for his relationship with Peggy uh, yes. and the you know the funeral and that kind of stuff than I did for that again I, I agree I think it worked just fine. But the Peggy stuff worked really well for me, and I, I really felt I, I did love, and it got a huge chuckle from my crowd when, after he finished making out with Sharon, he looks over at the little yeah. uh, VW bug. <laughs> His and, bros. And, Bu- and, and, and Bucky and Falcon both sort of, like, smile and give like, him a thumbs yeah. up. That got a huge round of applause. Oh, yeah. That was so crowd. funny. Or even it, she, when that whole scene, whenever he arrives, and, and I wasn't even looking at the VW bug. I mean, maybe because it was three miles away from me because I was on the left side of the IMAX screen and it was on the right yeah. side of the IMAX screen. But she's like, I don't think you understand the concept of a getaway car. And he's like, it's inconspicuous. <laughs> and then it cuts over and Bucky's like, could I have a little bit more leg room? You know, and Falcon's like, yeah. no. <laughs> yeah, no, that was fantastic. Or it even was, they're they, back they, in. They're back and They're forth. able to really land those those moments of levity and yes. really, really well. And or, it's something the DC universe is, they don't is do. missing. They, 
They don't. It's I, I I get you can do a movie without humor and you want to make it really serious, but like it doesn't have to be laugh out loud funny. But just some moments to break the tension. I think it really really helps, especially when you're making a movie about like magic men who float through the air, yeah. and shoot lasers out of their eyes. Like yes, it's, you got to have a little sense of. I, I, you have to be cognizant that you're making yeah. fantasy and it's I, not I, a serious Oscar drama, you know? Yeah. I, I have no stake in the quote-unquote comic book wars between DC and Marvel, but I think any reasonable thinking human sees that Marvel is hitting this out of the park and DC is failing on this, right? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. this, oh, yeah. it's oh, not, yeah. I mean, it, you would have to be quite a fanboy to make an argument that DC is doing better with their movie properties than Marvel is because... The movies just, uh, they're so good on Marvel side and the DC ones just, they're so caught up in the, the darkness and the, and just not understanding story that it's, it's hard to buy into and they're playing catch up in so many ways. Marvel does a good job too, because you get such a feeling like, you know, Falcon and, and, um, Winter Soldier. It's not like, even in that scene with the car, you know, you can tell the tension or after they've been defeated by Spidey and they're laying there all like, you know, uh, like linked up or, or webbed up and they can't mm-hmm. move and Falcon's like, I hate you. you know, <laughs> Just stuff like that. They, they understand that you can do these nuance moments and you can build these relationships without giving every single plot line away or, or like really just over talking. Yeah. So I overall thought this movie was great. Is there anything else we missed on the spoilers? I, one thing I wanted to mention, but I think we can be done, but I, the Empire Strikes Back reference, uh, I was saw great. it was great and I saw it coming. I didn't know if they were going to make explicit reference to it, but I knew that's how he was coming down with Spidey was going to entangle his legs oh, like yeah, Empire yeah. Strikes Back. Yeah. And the, and there's that line where he's like, that, you hey, do you guys movie? see that super old movie where... <laughs> <laughs> and then it cuts to like Iron Man's face in the suit and, and they're like, Where'd you get this guy? He's like, he I don't know, he's a young one though, you know. <laughs> oh, and I loved the Brooklyn's Queens stuff. Mm-hmm. The, that was nice. That was between cool Captain America exchange. and Spidey. Another and... example of how good they're doing, even though they're on opposite sides, they're still tying each other together in mm-hmm. this in this way that they all share, they all have in common, which is that they have amplified superhuman abilities. But, I, but it, it struck me in that moment where he's mentioning Empire Strikes Back. That Disney owns Star Wars oh and yeah, Marvel yeah. and yeah, Pixar. No, like, I mean, it's like, is I, I, is the, are they not I'm, the only movie company now? Like, I mean, it's incredible. Like, like I like I mentioned during the show, they are printing money. They, they have really a license are. to print money. <laughs> they, I mean, they're going to have the number one and the number two movies every year for the next decade. Like, what what's going to be the number one movie of the year? Rogue One or this? Yeah, it's probably, one of them. It's it's a coin flip. I don't yeah. see a third entry. Yeah, I think there are some other movies like Finding Dory or Independence Day Resurgence that could make a lot of cash off the nostalgia factor. Yeah, but I feel like it's Star Wars or Marvel one or two every year. Yeah, it seems and, that and way. And last year, last last year it was Star Wars one, then Jurassic World, and then Avengers was mm-hmm. in the number three spot. So like Disney went two out of three, on the top three. They're doing pretty well. <laughs> it's it's amazing stuff, and I, I'm along for the ride. I love it. They've got my number, so good well, stuff. Uh, before we I, go. I will say, though, on, on the Empire Strikes Back line, it seemed a bit forced on the the delivery. It was like, wait, what do you mean that old? You mean Star Wars? Like, I agree, by the way. Star Wars. I, yeah, I totally agree with that. I totally agree that that's a weird way to... Like, even, even a 15-year-old yeah. or a 16-year-old or however oh, yeah. he's supposed to be yeah, would just course. say, like, Empire. it's like, who's not going to know what Empire Strikes Back is? Yeah, yeah that's I, I felt they were trying to make really force the reference and make it seem yeah, like I he's agree. really young. I agree. Um, but I feel like it's like, it's Star Wars, dude. Even a 17-year-old from Queens would know that scene inside, and not everybody <laughs> yeah. does. It's yeah. not, like, you don't, you're, and who is the audience of 
Marvel. Like, he could have just said, I'm going to bring him down like an AT-AT from Empire, and everyone yeah. would have got it. Yeah. Everyone would have got it. Yeah. And I think, like you said, the parallel of the imagery itself was already really, really obvious. And the fact that they sort of had to spell it out was like, I, I don't know about that. Yeah, you no, guys... I agree. I totally agree. But it was a fun moment. It's a fun. I think any time that you jump into a universe like this, just to kind of go back into it just for a second, and afterwards you want to research all these characters. Like I am over here, just like <gasps> you know, Scarlet Witch. What? Da, 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 da. And then reading about this, and I'm clicking over to another thing about how, like, just of note, like. And they don't have to follow that stuff. No. I mean, it's the, it's its own universe. Well, but the thing is, is that Marvel creates sub universes and then time loop continues in the comics. In the comics yeah, yeah. It's like this person died, but then you go back, and then it's this. So they they have a lot to play with. But it's just really fun that there's so much context you can go and you can kind of read about it. So whether you're makes, like new to it or you have read it all and you know it, there's a place for you. Yeah, it makes me really wish uh, that X-Men was could come back to Marvel somehow because I really think they could unify a lot of the stuff they're doing, especially in the TV universes, which we didn't talk about at all. But, you know, the idea of Inhumans instead of X-Men and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, I, I you know, I well, wish they it keep could... they keep referring to that's that's an interesting uh, sort of nugget of intellectual property rights management is that Fox owns the word mutant. Yeah. And and so weird. the MCU is only ever able to refer to Scarlet Witch as an enhanced individual. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But she is, for all intents and purposes, a mutant. She's a. Yeah. I mean, last year we had two movies with Quicksilver. Yeah. Right. We had mm-hmm. Days of Future Past with mm-hmm. Quicksilver, which did the, a much much better job of it. I will add. Yeah. And then they had um, uh, what's his Aaron Taylor Johnson in Avengers Two, and they just killed him off. It was like, well, if we're not gonna if we're not gonna have the rights to the property outright, let's just get rid of him and sort of mitigate the amount of uh, tiptoeing we have to do for future installments. And yeah. I think that was probably a good move because, like, they just introduced him. Like, all right, he's he's the only one they can kill off without any big deal. So, and when I they mean, did Robert that... and Chris Evans are both signed on for like twelve more films, <laughs> so we know they're they're not going anywhere. Well, um, and it also I... accelerated Scarlet Witch's power. Like, that's one of the that was a tipping right. point for her. So, right, she kind of went into like my twin just died, so yeah. now I can take. She over went to crazed Ultron. mode. I'm so excited! I, I'm, I... I can't wait. Yeah, it it's, seems like I, everything else that they're going to put out is just going to be fun, and it's going to be exciting to talk about it all in the show, spoil it all in the show. I'm yeah. excited to see when and if they start incorporating their television properties, because I've been a big fan of Daredevil on Netflix, mm-hmm. and like, well, he's from New York, he's a superhero, he's in this universe, we know that's established, but so far there has been almost no overlap with that Venn diagram between film and TV. Yeah, the TV stuff hope... is overlapping. Like, the you know, the Daredevil and um, well, Jessica Peggy. Jones. The, the TV overlaps with itself, but I'm talking about TV overlapping right. yeah, yeah, film. Yeah, yeah. And Peggy I really hope that movie. we get to... Right, right. She And she sort of... the, t- the Her movie became sort of a backdoor pilot for the Agent, Agent Carter, Carter yeah. TV yeah. show. Which yeah. is a great show. Um, I've enjoyed Agent Carter. And so I'm, I'm hoping that we kind of see some of that brought back into the film fold and maybe in Avengers 2 Infinity Ward, we'll get to see Daredevil as one of the Avengers. Wow, I, that I don't would know be... if he's part of... Wow. That'd be I, awesome. Because I, 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 he's, 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 he's now had 26 episodes of origin story. Like, yeah. I want to see him with the big guys, you know? Yeah, it's, it's oh, like... Be great. I always think, I like, they can't. They just, they can't put one... It's like the juggler. He can't, you can't put one more ball in there. They'll never, he'll never keep them all up. But they do it. <laughs> but they, they do, do it every it. time. They do it every time. Well, thanks, John. Appreciate your time. And uh, thanks for sticking You're with welcome. us through some... Some spoiler talk, and uh, I hope uh, I hope you've either seen the movie or enjoy being spoiled by it because we told you everything. <laughs> we did. We told you everything. Now next, it was great. Go it see was, it. It was great. You do need to go see it, whether you've already seen it or not. Go see it again. 
but not on the left-hand side of the yes. IMAX Next time we'll sit screen. a little further back. <laughs> so thanks for tuning in to another episode of Sif Pop Spoilers. We are going to be off next week, so we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Feel free to join us for the show proper, non-spoilers, live on Friday the 20th will be our next time. We stream on the website Mixler, M-I-X-L-R forward slash shoe the dough. Because Sift Pop is part of the Shoe the Dough podcast network. And I believe our guru that we have scheduled for that episode is Sam. Sam's coming back from across the pond, our friend in the UK. So Our UK guru. He's going to hopefully be back for that. So we'll catch you then. Have a great weekend, guys. Thanks. Bye. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.